0: Hello and welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hussaini. In this episode, we're going to go over the power of perseverance and why getting gritty is your secret weapon, how your subconscious is reacting to those around you, achieving goals and the motivation myth, and being the CEO of you. Uh, My guest is uh, Eric Bartos. Welcome, Eric.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks for
0: having me on. Great to have you. And we're talking about building a life strategy that gets the results that you want now let me do the uh uh, the the my usual uh checklist and then we're going to dive into a a very interesting topic so as usual please make sure you like and subscribe to the channel if you have any questions for us and for eric pop them in a comment and we'll make sure to get back to you either during the show or after the show and if you know uh someone that could benefit from The topic, which is building a life strategy that gets the results that you want, tag them in a comment uh, uh, on any channel that you're watching and uh, have them watch the show and share this amazing information with them. Now, with that being said, we have a couple of things coming up. The confidence giveaway is coming up during the week of November 15 to 21st. The theme of our giveaway is to help entrepreneurs boost their confidence in different areas of business. And so I'm going to share the link here so you can opt in. And as soon as the giveaway is live, you're going to get an email to get access to those amazing gifts and to the community and the rest of it. We're also going to have some networking and JV opportunities for you to come tap into our network and the community that we are putting together. So the confidence giveaway is definitely something you don't want to miss and or send your friends and your network to as well. Now, let me do the proper... Introduction and bio for Eric, so you know how amazing our guest is, and we're going to dive into a very interesting conversation. Eric Bartos is the founder of Bar 40, a 52 week program designed to help people live their best year ever and become the version of themselves they have always envisioned. Eric is also the author of the best selling Bar 40 Achieving Personal Excellence book, which is available in print, Audible, and Kindle. In addition, Eric is a firefighter, MBA professor at DeSales University, and helps the community as a race organizer, youth sports coach, and board member of Big Brothers Big Sixers. Wow, there's a lot going on. Welcome,
1: (laughs) Eric. Thank you very much, (laughs) It sounds kind of crazy when when you rattle them all off. There's lots
0: going on. So Eric, let's dive right into it. What is your story?
1: yeah well again uh Masafa, thank you very much for having me on and um that was a lot so i'll, I'll just kind of keep it related to to bar 40. so i started bar 40 in 2016. and the one of the first questions people ask is what is what is bar 40. so just to get that out of the way the bar is from my last nine bartos and 40 is when i started it which was in 2016. and in broad strokes when i was turning 40 i wanted to basically live my best 40th year ever as opposed to the normal conversations what do you want to do for your 40th birthday i didn't want to make it a weekend or i didn't want to make it skydiving or something like that i wanted to make it a really memorable year so i put together these these goals for my own personal um you know best year ever which included some some weight loss goals um, some fitness goals and stuff like that. And at the end of that year, it all worked really, really well. And and I was giving people some, uh, some tips and some strategies and I just put all my notes together in one place. And that became the bar 40 book, which really kind of, uh, struck a nerve with people because it really lays out how any one of us can, can lay their life out to get to those goals. And that, that became, that became the book. And then, you know, the other stuff in my life is, uh, just, passionate pursuits of mine, the firefighting and the, and the college professor and whatnot. Love it. So who do you serve and what do you do for them? So I, I think for the the one thing about Bar 40 is that it's extremely relatable to virtually anybody. So I wouldn't say that there's one specific type of person that use it. Certainly a lot of entrepreneurs find the Bar 40 methodologies helpful because so often, as you as you probably know, we give so much thought to our business and to the to the people in our in our business community that we we kind of lose sight oftentimes of how our own life <laughs> is going. Right, we're so busy planning for aspects of our of our business that it's kind of a blind spot that a lot of us have. So a lot of the uh, a lot of the folks that really get the most use out of Bar 40 are are business owners that. Say, you know what, if I applied a structure and saw my life through the lens that I see my business, I would probably see a lot of incremental success with health and wellness in general. Um, And they just kind of apply a a lot of the bar 40 aspects to their life that um, they necessarily, they wouldn't because they don't have have the tools to do that just on their own.
0: Love it. I love this bar 40 idea. Like you said, you wanna live your 40th year, year as the best year not a weekend or a day or a birthday and then you came up with a system here
1: yeah yeah that was the thing right so this you know my, my my thought processes was um a year goes by very quickly one way or the other uh we'll be we'll be sitting here in november 2022 god willing and how how we spent the next 52 weeks is always the question so um having having a plan in place and some people say 52 weeks it's that's a long time but there's a there's a reason for that, too, because habits take a while to form, whether they be good or bad. So in part of Bar 40 is setting three goals. So it gives that 52 weeks gives a runway to achieve those goals. Absolutely. One
0: thing that I learned recently from Bob Proctor, he was saying the reason that we the years go by a lot faster as we grow older is the fact that, say, a five year old to a five year old, a year is one fifth of his life or her life. So it's a long time. But when we turn 40 or 50 or, or older, one year is like 140th of my life. And you turn around and bam, the year is over. When you turn yeah. 80, it's like before you know it, it's like a second. Bam. Oh my God. I don't even know how the year went by. And yeah, um, in perspective. Yeah, I love it. It was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. When I was yeah. a kid,
1: I was waiting quite a bit for a year to be over. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, <laughs> as your perspective changes and it's, uh, you know, the cake keeps it cutting into more and more pieces, right? They, they get smaller yeah. and smaller. Like we just spent two years in COVID
0: almost. And I just realized I haven't seen my dad for five years. Wow. Yeah. And I, I it felt like two or three years, but it was actually five years. <laughs> that's crazy. So, so and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm flying out to go see my parents like in December and I'm really looking forward to that, but.
1: Oh, and I'm sure they are too. That's, I, a, that's a long it. stretch.
0: Absolutely. And I, I love the concept of thinking about how we're going to spend the next 52
1: weeks. So Eric, what is unique about Bar 40? <clears throat> so I, you know, I, I. Health and wellness is not a, is not a new topic of interest for me, right? It's always been something I've been super interested in my my whole life. I'm a long-time runner and and I try I'd always tried to live a healthy life. So I was always consuming other books that were kind of in um hate the term self-help, but we'll just you know, we'll call it what it is, you know, personal improvement and wellness books. And I found that a lot of them were very very niche or specific about one thing, improving your diet or trying to get like beach body ripped. Or how to make a million dollars overnight—all these different things—but um, they were all they're all kind of siloed. So one thing about Bar 40 is that it's more of a holistic 360-degree approach. And yeah. the, the biggest difference, to answer your question succinctly, is that every Bar 40 journey is completely individualized for you. So when when you set your three priorities, those are what's important to Mustafa, not to Eric, right? So when people are setting up their bar 40, 52 week journey. It's all the priorities that are important to them, as opposed to a lot of programs where it tries to crowbar you into some methodology that doesn't necessarily fit. And they tend to, they tend to kind of crash and burn for the most part pretty quickly.
0: Absolutely. Love it. Um, And I love the fact that you specialize this. I mean, you, is that the word specializing for each person? Like, yeah. This, oh, that's not the right word. You uh, tailor it to their needs. Right, right. And All so right to yeah, yeah, like exactly. a, here's a five-step process that everybody could follow and become a billionaire type of approach.
1: Yep. Yeah. And it's because uh, it's not everybody's got, you know, this is the thing, like what is success, right? Success is defined differently by each person. So if there's a book that just says, this is success, one person's idea of success may be like. A brand new Ferrari right another person's idea of success is being able to spend an extra one hour a day hanging out with their kids in the park everybody's different successes it's a it's very much a moving target and very specific to us so that's why the bar 40 methodology your successful year what your future self if you're if you're having a conversation with yourself one year from now and you could wave a magic wand say what does Success mean to me in this moment, which in this case would be like November twenty two. Looking back on this, on the fifty two weeks leading up to it, and that's what you have to envision in creating uh, kind of the kind of the rough architecture for what this year is going to look like for you. Well, Eric,
0: why are you focused on fifty two weeks? Why aren't you like trying to revolutionize my life in like twelve weeks?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. that question comes up a lot. Like, I like the I like the idea of improvement, but you know the the challenge that we face all of us right now in 2021, is that we really live in kind of an instant gratification world, right? We've got apps to get anything delivered. We can stream movies instantly. So we live in very much in an on-demand uh, environment. Technology has, has brought that to us, which is cool. But what, it, what the uncool part is, is that it really diminishes our uh, ability to have delayed gratification because it kind of compresses the timeline on everything. Everything we want, we want it quick. So that's not really the way habits work, though. If you look at New Year's resolutions, for instance, and Strava, you know, the the fitness company, they did this thing where they track everybody's exercise, right? It's a common New Year's resolution, getting in better shape. So they track everybody's data, and they have what they call national quick day. Based on data, people stop their new year's resolutions, relatively, at least large chunks of them, uh, usually it's like the first week of February. They don't last long because they don't give chat like habits a chance to really set in. And part of the reason for the 52 weeks is because after you're doing something for a long time, it really does stick with you, right? For better, for worse. And, and especially because bar 40 has where you set three priorities for you. And a lot of those, a lot of those goals that we want to achieve in a year, they just take time. To actually do that, so that's part of the reason. Love it. Uh, so, so question is, I have right now is like, how
0: do you actually make sure that people do follow through? And I like that what you mentioned, the national quit day. That's actually. <laughs> that's the actually real- yeah, yeah, the, wheel, the wheels fall off. You know what I mean? Like today is like, uh, I I heard like different different time 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 for a quitting, like three weeks, twenty one days, one month, and. But but like the fact of the matter is people don't, don't go, they don't
1: follow through. They don't. Yeah. Traditionally they don't. And there are, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, subjective dates, stuff like that. I think Strava is the first company that I heard of that actually based on, based on data, user wearable data that they were able to track it. Forget about self-reporting of how long people stick with it. They're just saying, this is when the workouts stop. You know what I mean? So it is interesting, but yeah, people, people don't. The, one of the challenges we have in general, just, you know, the human brain, when we when we hit a setback, especially with like a New Year's resolution, say, a, just take a common one, like a diet, right? People want to eat better. They want to start the New Year and they want to start eating better. But then it's late in January and they found that they're kind of eating whatever they want for a few days. And they're like, that's it. I, you know, shot. I got to, I'll try it again next year. They, they kind of throw in the towel with that little setback as opposed to sticking with it and moving through. Not every, day, you know, perfection is the enemy of good. Not every day is going to be a good day. But developing that mindset where you're just going to say, listen, I'm not I'm not going to have every day be fantastic, but I'm going to keep going. I got my eye on the prize. Long long-term thinking. Got it. So,
0: do you have a method and a process to help people people stick through 52 weeks? Yeah, you know, one of the
1: one of the most effective tools and I think that's why the bar 40 book became a, became a bestseller fairly, fairly rapidly is that it comes, and this is not a book promotion. I'm just at, answering your question of why it, the program tends to work. The book comes with a 365 day journal, a daily journal. And I was, I, you know, I've been a runner for 20 years and I've always kept a written running journal and I've I kept a separate journal, like kind of a mindset journal. What went right today? What went wrong? So I built this journal from the ground up, based on other journals I've used to make it a best-in-class journal. And each book comes with this journal in it. And in there, there's notes to a future self. Every day has a space for daily successes where you write down what went right. Uh, you know, we're, we're always good at picking out what we did wrong in any given situation, but we don't always catch ourselves doing something good, right? So yeah. this yeah. this way, you write down and. And that, that helps motivate people throughout the year. You can look back and you can see this stuff. You can write notes to your future self, and you can track your progress continuously in real time and then leaf back and look through it. And it's a real good capture device. I think, personally speaking, more than a lot of the digital devices that we have on our phone or, or things like that, it's analog, right? No, no technology required.
0: Absolutely. I, I love what you, said, what, you said, what you just said about tracking what we're doing right because we're really good at giving ourselves a hard time for Uh, what we do wrong or what goes wrong or what could possibly go wrong. And we're not giving very good at giving ourselves credit for what we have actually done. Right. And we do a lot of good stuff every day. Oh man. And we're, it's it's like the self sabotage that we're doing to ourselves like every single day. And it's it's like, we're always looking for the negative. And sure. just and I've done this exercise where when I actually go through write a gratitude journal or what I've done right today, what what am I happy about? What was actually the positive side of what I've done? It's like an instant shift in my mindset because naturally we tend to focus on the negatives, but and, and that's
1: such a big shift.
0: Yeah, we, we you're absolutely
1: we we totally do every every day. We do like our brain is is uh, hardwired to focus on the negatives. It goes back to like the caveman days where we're we're more in tune to pick up threats around us. A threat in modern day is something something negative about work or something like that. It's not a saber-toothed tiger. But our mind is still uh, designed to fixate on negative things more than positive. So we have to work against that headwind every day. So we need these tools to be able to do that. And as people are are now kind of
0: wired to think negatively, if, even with the media and the social media, all the negative news that we're getting bombarded with, absolutely, it's, it's kind of
1: difficult. It's very you have to make you have to make a conscious effort to do it because you're absolutely mustafa. We're surrounded by ambient negativity, and yeah. and I you know I, I tend to be a, a positive person no matter what. But you you have to really cut through the fog of. You know, forget about social media, but just even general news media and the people that we that we come in contact with every day. The um, the oftentimes the slant is um, identifying a problem and wanting to expand on what that problem is versus right. like what an awesome day today is. Like we don't that that's not. I guess that's not like a a sexy conversation that people necessarily start, right? Like forget about positive. Even if you try to do something constructive
0: let's talk and think about something constructive you don't get a lot of you know bites on that like if if, if you talk if you'd like if you're on a like telegram or instagram or some whatsapp group with a bunch of people you try to talk about some negative nonsense people will talk and go back and forth all day long
1: no doubt
0: and i've tried this i've actually experimented this like (laughs) guys how about we talk about something useful for our life right crickets no response. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. It's not quite as fun, right? If what if, if I post some political nonsense or something negative and say, Hey, I can't believe this happened. Next thing you know, they all jump in people and try out in. of the
1: woodwork. Yeah. yeah everybody, everybody wants oh. to pile on that. It mm-hmm. is, it is a weird thing. You know, you have to, um, you have to kind of get comfortable being, being an outlier and get comfortable being uncomfortable because, and this is, a, I talk to people about this all the time at bar 40. Like you, when you're doing bar 40, you're going to be operating at a different frequency than a lot of people around you, because you're constantly, your trajectory is going up. You're trying to do things to improve yourself and to live better and to make all these steps in your life. And most of the people around you will not be doing that. And, yeah. and not only that, but unfortunately, and I know, I know this from so many, my own experience, but so many other personal anecdotes, people try to kind of hold you back. You know what I mean? Like, like, you don't need to work out. This is a common one. I, cause I, I work out all the time. You don't need to work out every day, man. You know what I mean? Like you can chill out. You can do this. You can do that. Like all these things. I know what I can and can't do. I don't need permission or anything like that. I do what I want to do, but what I want to do is much different than many people. So to them, it's, I'm not trying to one up anybody. It's just, they, they see it almost like threatening when, when you're trying to do something they're not, if that makes sense. You mentioned something that I think is
0: important. We're going to talk about it here in a bit. And that's giving ourselves permission to do something. But I'll I'll come back to that. Let me go back to your initial story about your 40th birthday. Yeah. And today we're talking about building a life strategy that gets the results that you want.
1: Right.
0: How did that 40th birthday go for you? And how did you go about creating the results that you wanted?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a great question. So for me and for anybody, I think... Oftentimes we, uh, we try to boil the ocean, right? We've got 10 things that we want to do or more, more than that, 20 things. So like for me, I wanted to do, I wanted to do three, I wanted to do three things. I wanted to, I wanted to lose weight for one thing. I wanted to become a firefighter and I wanted to, um, run more miles essentially. There was a bunch of other things I wanted to do in there too, but I'll just take those three because those are my priorities for the year. And every bar 40 has three three priorities that you're trying to get to. So for each one of those, I broke it down into these micro goals, like what checkpoints need to happen on the way to achieving that goal. Because otherwise, any one of those things is just like Mount, Mount Everest. You know what I mean? Like how do I get from here to here? Like for me, one quick easy example, I weighed um, 209. And I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to get back to, (laughs) I I looked through old pictures and I found a picture of myself that I liked how I looked. And I said, I want to look like this again. It was like, Mm -hmm. I was 25. So it was a picture from 15 years before. (laughs) So I went back to my running journal from, from that year, 2001, I guess it would have been. And I looked at my weight for that week and it was 165 and I was at 209. So I needed to lose 44 pounds in a year, which is a lot. Right. So my thing was, how do I lose this much weight and just build this thing? But I, if I just think to myself, I have to lose 44 pounds, it seems impossible. So you lose motivation. So I needed to say I want to lose 10 pounds and blah, blah, blah and break it into chunks. And that's what I did for for every goal. Um, but that would be my advice for anyone who's who's looking to do things. Pick three goals and then each one of those goals, break it down into small chunks. Love it.
0: That's what we do with all of our planning, with marketing, planning, business planning as well. What are the top three things that we want to do? What's the most important one? And then break it down.
1: Right, right.
0: Three or four or five moves that I'm going to do. Here are three or five things that I need to achieve or get accomplished to help me reach my main goal.
1: Perfect example. See, this is such a common, it's a common application that we do in business and we do in our, in our careers and things like that. But oftentimes we don't make that transition to apply the same methodology in life. We know they're effective when we apply them to our our careers and our in our work, right? But oftentimes we just don't do the same thing in our life. It's not this is what this is why I think bar 40 works for so many people. It's not overly complicated. It's using tried and true methods that work elsewhere. It's just applying them direct implant into our personal life. Love it! I, th- I think they're, they're, that was the gold nugget for people to achieve the results that they want. And track it, right? So you have, you've yeah. got it. You've got to, you've got to uh, for for multiple reasons. One, to know where you're at. But two, for that continuous motivation. And here's, let me just talk for a second about motivation. So a lot of people, in myself, I and mean, I'm, I'm a fan of watching Tony Robbins videos, right? I mean, I. We love motivational speakers, but here's the thing about motivation: motivational speakers are almost like like a bag of potato chips, right? It's empty calories in the sense that you go and you listen, you feel fired up, you go home. It's like you had the chips, you're feeling pretty good, but then you're hungry like an hour later. So with motivational speakers, you know, you feel good that night. You go home the next day, you're you're getting back and you're back to your old self. It's like, what what happened? Motivation is internally generated. And these little achievements that we have every day, that's what creates the habit of success. That's what you want to get that same feeling again, which is why daily successes and catching yourself doing something right and writing down your progress towards your little mini milestones that stuff is the self perpetuating internal motivation that keeps you going. And that's your, then you get hooked on that, and you don't need external motivation to, to get you bouncing out of bed in the morning. Hmm. That to
0: me almost sounds like, and seems like masturbation. <laughs> there you go. I, look, here, here's the deal. And I know we're a bunch of adults here, but it's the same process. You think you have something, but you don't have it. <laughs> yeah, it's It's an interesting analogy. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, Why not? I get, I get, I get motivated and pumped up to do something. But the next thing I know, I don't do it. I was all motivated but I didn't follow through with
1: action. I thought I have it, but I didn't have it. And that's the thing about these small steps like, and there's that old cliche, like the longest journey begins with the first step and stuff like that. But it is really true. No matter what you want to do. I I remember like in college, like having to write a paper, like you would think about this paper and you would dread it and you wouldn't do it. You procrastinate. And then as soon as you get like the the first half page done or the first page, it's like, you feel like this weight is starting to lift. Like I'm doing it, I'm doing it, and then you you start to do it. Every almost every single goal that we have in our life, you you move infinitely closer once you take that first step, and then you you can start like the heaviest the heaviest thing in the world. Once you start moving it, it just gets easier, and that's the hardest part. If we can just commit to ourselves, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this, this um, some people do the, their own their countdown the countdown approach. Like an easy example is when you getting out of bed in the morning, if people are slow to get out of bed, they give themselves a countdown. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. And that, so all, all of these like little mental, mental hacks that we can do on ourselves to do, to get moving. You know what I mean? That's all, it's all in the same vein. I actually, I I just listened to Mel
0: Robbins talking about that.
1: Yeah. A lot of people love it. It's, 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 um, (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting. I think it's like uh one of these one of these more common than we know things that people do. Like when I when I mentioned to people, like, oh yeah, I do that all the time. I'm like, how did I not know about this? How is everybody doing this countdown thing? And I didn't I didn't know about it, but it yeah, actually works. Not, not like I've been yeah. I've been trying it for like the past few days. When, when are every, you, like getting out of bed,
0: or when when what's an example of like, doing? example is like I was thinking negatively. Yep. And then I realized that and I went five, four, three, two, one, done. And it was yeah. like Stuck. Yeah, and then I was actually able to stop the negative
1: thinking. Like, oh, right, right. Like, this, is, this is cool.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it works.
1: It. Right? Give, it, give works. A, it gives a little tiny runway where you say, "Okay, I can do this for another five seconds, and that's it." You know. Yeah, yeah. I or when, when, I on,
0: when I when I'm on social media, I've I've tried. I've tried this a few times in the past few days, but like when I realize I catch myself going through, say, Instagram or YouTube or something, for too long and I know I've got something else to do. I'm like, five, four, three, two, one, done. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. I like it, yeah. And, then, yeah. and then I move on. Or getting out of bed, or or actually I tried it once and uh, reading my book. Uh, I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I gotta read my book. I gotta read my book. And then I wasn't doing it. Then I realized that I'm like, five, four, three, two, one. Here's the book. Page 25. Right, 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 yeah. Start reading.
1: Start. Like jumping into a pool, right? In cold yeah. water. It's like, i right, I'm gonna do it in five seconds.
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to try that this afternoon. Believe it or not. There you go, man. I saw. I saw the Wim Hof. Did you see that the Wim Hof challenge that he just started a couple days ago? No. So he challenged. He so apparently every 40 seconds, someone commits suicide. Okay. So he challenged people to jump into cold water, which changes their physiology and the rest of it for 40 seconds, to get this awareness about suicide and mental health. Okay, so I'm actually gonna go jump into a river or lake somewhere. <laughs> in the afternoon today, and I'm gonna challenge a bunch of people. So <laughs> you gotta take a
1: you gonna take a video of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's gonna be I mean. this. I actually I like I actually it. do
0: the I actually do do, do the cold dip uh, uh, as often as I can.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, it makes it's- a
0: huge difference.
1: Whew yeah no it, it's it's i understand i've been in a lot of cold water but it's like a reset button right a mental reset button. oh my god it, yeah. it, it do you do it well i've got i have a pool at my house and now it's very cold it was you know 30 degrees last night so when i'm in that pool it's it's cold. it's not ice water but it's it's pretty close to ice water 32 is freezing and the water is 40 right now eric i'm going to challenge you when i do the video no, I, I knew this. Was, I knew this was coming. I'll do it. You tell me. I'm gonna do it. I, 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 have, I have a hard time saying no to uh, challenges for good reasons like that. So I, I love I'll it. That's
0: funny. Like what? Well, like when I do it, it awakens every molecule in my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then I feel really good for like a good two or three days. Wow. And, and Ooh, it's God, got man. a lot
1: of good health um,
0: benefits as well. So that's long lasting
1: effects. You know, what's it, you know, it's similar to that. You know, what's a kind of a related thing. And you probably already do this too, but it, it involves, um, th- these breathing techniques. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, of a lot of that, of a lot of that stuff too. Uh, it's just it kind of like the ultimate, ultimate reset, uh, reset button for our brains.
0: Absolutely. So Eric, um, um, in the book, there is uh seems to be a strong emphasis on mindset, uh, can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So, for for I think for many of us, we are our own biggest opponents in getting out of our own way and getting uh, getting real momentum going. So, for me, mindset is kind of the backbone of everything. Whether whatever our goal setting is, it's almost like if we think we can do it, we can. If we think we if we think we're not going to be able to do something, we almost certainly will not be able to do yeah. it. so when we get our, when we have our heads right that's that's half the battle and there's so many different analogies and applications for that um, in the book I write a lot about mindset in the context of our future self developing that relationship with the future self and how that started is briefly we all have this tendency to want to mentally time travel and the most common example is when people say if I could only go back 10 years, Or if I could go back to when I was 25 and do this again or do that again, we cannot go backwards, but we can still satisfy that mental time travel urge by going forwards. So, and this is the part that's a little bit trippy, but if we can visualize ourselves 10 years from now and say, I want to go back 10 years and do this differently, that puts us in our present day self. So when I say strike up a conversation with our future self, what do I I'm 45 right now. What do I at 55 look back and say, I wish I did this and I wish I did that seeing seeing things through that lens of your future self will never send you down the wrong path. It will it will tell you what to do. You may not do it. it may be more difficult. it may be something you don't want to do. You may choose not to do it, but it'll always be the right advice. And I've always, I've always, not always, I've been doing that for a long, long time. So now my 45-year-old self is the future self that I was talking to when I was 35. And the decisions I've been making for the last 10 years, I now reap the benefits of. And it doesn't stop, right? I'm still having conversations with my future self about how I conduct my life now. But it's that instead of trying to go backwards and, and changing things that can't be changed, you're just going forwards. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, so t- walk me through how you do that. Let's say that you're uh, you're forty five now. Uh, walk me through the process. You th- you imagine being fifty five and think about forty five,
1: or how do- how does that work? It's such a habit now. So I'll give you an easy example, right? Like, I have a t- I have a twelve year old daughter. She's in she's in seventh grade. So um, I'm going for a a run the other night. I wanted to go for a run, and I was about to head out for a run, six mile run on the rail trail, and she said, Dad. Can we play lacrosse right now? And my first instinct would just be like, I'm going for a run. I can't. I'll, I'll catch you later. But I instantly kick into my future self saying, hey, stupid, she's not going to want to play lacrosse with you forever. You've got a limited amount of time to be able to play lacrosse with your daughter. You can run anytime. So I instantly pivot to make a decision that my future self says, that's the right thing to do right now. Think forward. What? What can you do now to avoid any regrets down the road? And often, so in that, in that instance, the, like the thing I wanted to do was go for a run. I mean, I like playing lacrosse and stuff like that, but the, the long-term strategic thought was to do something that I can ensure that there's never any regrets. The whole thing, another way to talk about the future self, how to live a life eliminating any potential of regret, right? That will always shape your decision. Will I regret, if I'm talking to my future self, will I regret this? This It can be choosing your jobs, choosing who your friends are, what decisions you make for health and wellness, how you invest, how you save. Uh, all of these things, when you look at it down the road, it's almost like being nostalgic for the good old days while they're happening. You got it. You got it. And I
0: think a, a very big piece about the mindset uh, piece that we're working on talking, and a lot of people have questions about is like imagining what the future is going to look like, and then working towards it. Yeah, staying on path like we've been talking about is like here's the goal, here are the top three things, here's how I'm going to get there, and then
1: we just get go there.
0: And then you know it's
1: interesting because we we have we have a difficult time with long-term decisions and delayed gratification because, you know, that voice, <laughs> that voice is coming from a distance. So it's harder to hear than the voice that's in our head right now. Like if you wanted to buy, if you wanted to buy a vacation or just say you wanted to buy a new motorcycle, right? And it's 20,000 bucks, but you know that you should spend that 20, you should put that $20,000 in the savings. The easier decision is to buy it now for instant gratification, but that's, that's the hard part. There's actually now pretty cool technology. They use it for people that are trying to quit smoking. So yep. you, upload, you upload a selfie of yourself, and it shows you your aging avatar if you continue to smoke, and it, and it timelines it, right? So it'll show you five years from now, six years from now, ten years from now, continuing to smoke, what your skin will look like, what what's happening versus not smoking. So it gives you like a real, the way our brain interprets data. It gives you a real sense of that. Same as sun exposure, um, they have a few different applications. Same thing; it's just a visual aid to help people recognize their unhappy future self making choices, <laughs> making choices. Now, the, the 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 data by the universities that have done this are pretty conclusive that it's effective, and people use it, and they and it helps people change their. It's all about trying to get people to change their habits, and it it's, absolutely. <laughs> It's I mean, not you can see what it
0: looks like. I, I mean, I've seen pictures of um, uh, a, a smoker person's lungs versus
1: a non-smoker. Yeah, it's scary. It really is. It re- it's. I mean, that's that stuff will definitely that stuff will definitely scare you straight. And I'm a, so I'm a firefighter, as you mentioned at the start of the show, and so I uh, I will tell you, I go on a lot of motor vehicle crashes and a lot of uh, a lot of entrapments, a lot of a lot of wreckage, a lot of people. Uh, not all of them survive. So seeing a lot of the aftermath of drinking and driving or speeding or going through red lights, which is a common a common thing, you see the end of that. I drive completely differently now than I did years ago before I was a firefighter because that those messages that are visual very much stick with you. <laughs> so same thing oh, with cigarettes and lungs and all that
0: stuff. It's like if you're an alcoholic, all it's going to take is carrying a alcoholic person's body and in a car crash
1: and that, that that's it we were i was on one recently that was on the highway and the guy fell asleep at the wheel drove underneath an 18 wheeler uh his car flipped over a bunch of times and you know we had to cut the roof off and pull him out but i don't think he survived but in the car everything was turned upside down. The only thing that was left was a bottle of vodka stuck between the passenger seat and the center console that he had wedged there with like that much left. The cap was still on it. Everything else in the car was pretty wrecked, but the vodka bottle remained intact. But yeah,
0: just, oh
1: yeah, it's crazy, man. It's
0: totally crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, year, years ago I used to smoke. Okay. And what really pushed me to quit was uh, in school and university. I did a study and a presentation on, on pros and cons of smoking. So Man. I went out there and I read on pros and cons of smoking. And, I, and I, I just like it, the hair on my body stood when I was reading. Like, I was like, Are you serious? Like, are you stupid, buddy? Like, right. are you really going really to spend that much money and time and your health? What were, your, pro, what were the pros of smoking? There, was, there, was, there was probably a couple of stupid points, like they claim that it calms you down, but it really doesn't. Uh, uh, there, there is really not none. Yeah, and that I, sure I, I, I stopped, pulled, like dropped dead. It's like done, no yeah. more. And it actually hurt my body for a while, but I'm like, I am not smart, and that was probably one of the better, better decisions of my
1: life. Oh yeah, for sure, sure, for sure. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's um it's certainly expensive, but I mean, the, the health benefits and your lungs, your lungs do, uh, heal themselves, which is the the human body is remarkable, but over time your lungs do start to get back to their, their original, uh, their pink. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. It's, it's a crazy habit that, you know, I don't know how old you are, but in our lifetime we've seen a big shift. I mean, it wasn't that long ago in the U S that, um, like, Doctors were still smoking in hospitals and things like that. Yeah. It, was, it was such a widely accepted, but strange, strange habit. While what they were advising other people to not smoke. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy, a crazy thing. And um, interesting, interesting side of our humanity, I guess. It, it really is, yeah, for sure. And drinking, yeah. you know, drinking is not that far, uh, far behind it. And, I, and this is this is something that scares a lot of people off about Bar 40. There is a non-mandatory but often people do it as this 52 week sober challenge. And you know, you don't have to do it, but a lot of people do it. And um, cause you know alcohol is, uh, is, a, is a dangerous thing in, its, in itself. It's a class A carcinogen. It's linked to uh, like 36 cancers. It wrecks our sleep. It, it messes up our, uh, our brain chemistry like you wouldn't believe. And it's just marketed extremely well to make it such an acceptable, acceptable thing, but a lot of people, especially after COVID COVID and working from home, uh, a lot of people really dialed up their, their drinking, right? We we can, we can see this from the percentage of alcohol sales in the, in the U S at least that have skyrocketed and people doing these zoom happy hours. And it normalized, especially in the beginning, if you remember, it was like the end of the world has arrived, right? So might as well drink up. So people started drinking earlier and drinking more often. And there was this, uh, I think a kind of a, a, a I called it a quarantini hangover. People just kind of pushing back against drinking so much and people really gravitated towards that sober bar for this bar 40 sober challenge. But again, it's not for everybody. I don't, I don't really care what people do, but people do uh, come to bar 40 just for that. I know that for a fact.
0: That was, that was a, a that, those are some in, interesting facts that you just shared that 36 different cancers and then messes up different chemicals in your brain.
1: Yeah. So the brain thing is really interesting because, you know, counterintuitively we, we drink to feel better. Right. So, but over time, so the brain has this, this brain chemistry, right. It's trying to achieve this, you know, we might remember this term from science class, but homeostasis, right. It's a chemical, it's basically a chemical balance of, uh, of the right mix. And we're, and for the most part, we're born that way. Like kids are generally happy without, without alcohol, right. It's only as we get older and, Especially with booze, I'm not even talking about other drugs, but just with with booze. As we as we get into young adulthood, everybody around us is telling us that this is the tool for good times. Like you celebrate with alcohol, you spend time with friends with alcohol, and you pretty much do everything with alcohol, right? At least at least here in the U.S., it's a, it's a very common thing. So we start drinking more and more and more, and then we we find ourselves <laughs> like unable to have a good time without drinking because our brain chemistry has has changed and the brain recognizes the alcohol coming in. It doesn't need to produce its own chemical stimulants as much anymore because alcohol replaces that. So we, we just definitely do not feel, um, enjoy good times as much anymore because our brain chemistry has changed. It reverts back to that when you stop drinking. But when people are like, I'm just, I'm not having a good time. If I'm not drinking, that's a very literal thing. They're just not having a a good time as they, as they would have been without the alcohol. And then there's, you know, all the other all the other uh, problems that go along with drinking in our body, which we don't even think about. It's very tough to lose weight with, uh, with drinking because um, all sorts of reasons. but I, I, I bring that up because it's such a common common goal for people that they want to lose weight. but when they're drinking, it's uh, like we don't even digest our food until the, the body's done processing the alcohol. right. So when we're drinking a lot, the alcohol recognizes that as booze is a, is a poison, is a toxin. So it, it rids the body of all that before it touches the food. So the food ends up getting converted to fat and sugars and things like that. And and not to mention, and here's if we're talking about booze real quick, when we wake up, alcohol kind of hijacks our sleep, right? It, it suppresses our REM sleep. So we don't get the proper cycles of sleep. So we, we wake up tired continuously when we're drinking after a night of drinking, you will wake up tired. And even if you didn't have that much, because you didn't sleep well. So when we wake up tired, our body says low energy, right? Well, low energy means get more, get more flames going, get more, get more fuel in, which is, which is food. So we eat in the morning at, unless you're really hungover and you're not hungry at all. But for the most part, if when you wake up hungover, you wake up really hungry. It's not because you need calories. It's because your body has low energy from bad sleep. So you end up overeating. So it's just like whole,
0: endless it's cycle of.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's like a Messy thing, I guess.
0: Yeah, have, yeah. Eric, did you have to sober up at any point? Is that?
1: No, it wasn't. Uh, your story? So part, definitely for my own journey, when I turned 40, I recognized in my own life that I did not like, how, and the more you drink, the more you drink, right? The more often you drink, the more you drink and things like that. So when I was coming up to my 40th year, I'm like, one thing I definitely don't like in my life is how common this beer thing has become. I was like, I was drinking beer constantly. I was drinking too much of it. I, that's the reason I gained a lot of weight. I was drinking like these IPAs and these pumpkin beers and all these heavy duty beers. And I was like, and then you wake up tired. You don't do your exercise. you like, I didn't work out as much if I was drinking too much and this whole endless vicious cycle. So I said, for one year, I'm not going to drink at all. And we'll see how yeah. that goes. Yeah. Which was, that's my own personal, that was my personal goal. I'm just give it, a, give it a year. That's part of my best year ever, right? Just eliminating the alcohol. And then I did it and I was like, whoa, that was really awesome. But I went back. I went back to drinking after that, and I was just like, "That was just an amazing year, amazing experience." Um, but yeah, I definitely felt like I wanted to. I wanted to cut back on that. I felt like, you know, here's the thing: when the only reason we drink is for enjoyment, right? We drink because we like it. If we stop enjoying it as much, and we stop liking it, and we keep doing it, it's like, what are we doing? Why am I spending this money? Why am I putting my body through this, you know, toil? Why am I, you know, putting up with? There's a high price to pay with drinking a lot. Why am I putting up with this high price when I'm not even enjoying it that much? You just getting, yeah. It was just me. I was just getting sick of it. You know what I mean? But I kept right. doing it, and that's when you know it's kind of a habit. I'm like, why? Why am I doing this thing? I don't even enjoy doing it anymore. it's like habit. smoking, or yeah, yeah. It's just like this ridiculous thing, or junk food, I'm or, or money. Hmm. yeah, yeah. So that's what I got. That's How what got me you- fascinated, and I started reading more about it. <laughs> How did you deal with the urge of uh, yeah.
0: going back to drinking during that year? Like I, I that's a problem with a lot of people that try to, you know, bring in a new habit, become healthy, drop a bad habit, or do something new. And yeah. that is the old urge comes back that says, Oh, we need a beer right now. And, and the brain tries to like convince you that this is really a good time, Mustafa. Yeah. Or Eric. Like is the best time and it gives you a thousand reasons to pick up a smoke or get a drink or get some big fat burger. (laughs) And then just eat. How do you, how do you, how do you overcome that urge?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's so interesting that you, that you bring this up because this is the, this is the major problem that, that almost anyone has whenever they're trying to leave a bad habit is, is uh, kind of falling off the wagon, whatever that is, that could be, that could be eating or gambling or anything that you just want to stop doing. So, like, for me, I wanted to understand how the whole thing works. So I started, you know, again, like, how do I learn more about this? Bless you. How do I learn more about this and get into it? And so basically the answer is you create this, you create a mentality. If the way the ha- the way the habit um, cycle works in our brain it, it, will, it will never get to the point of actual action if you don't allow it to. And an easy example of this one is you take pregnant women. Uh, generally speaking, they don't drink a whole ton during pregnancy. Maybe a glass of wine here and there. But even the, even the most um, party animal among us, like when they're pregnant, they just kind of stop. Because mentally, they said, as much as this is going to be miserable if they're a big drinker, Nine months, I'm not drinking. So the actual temptation part of it, they'll talk about, I can't wait to have a margarita or I can't wait till I can have a beer when I'm when this baby's born and all this stuff like that, but they don't do it. So for, for me and for anyone else, when you get to the point where you have this mentality, there will be no fill in the blank. There will be, for me, there will be no drinking for the next year, no matter what. That's it like you can you can contemplate drinking you can think about it like i can't 51 more weeks 40 more weeks 20 more weeks but at no point do you give your subconscious that wiggle room where it's going to convert those thoughts into action and when you when you eliminate that possibility it becomes infinitely easier because you're not your subconscious just wants to solve problems when we're going back and forth on something will i drink today will i not drink today that's when your subconscious like get out of my way. You're wasting energy trying to figure this out. The answer is yes, you will. And that's when you you have a cigarette or that's when you drink because your subconscious just puts you out of your misery and makes that decision. And when that happens, then you just start going to your your Rolodex of excuses and justifying why you did it. Well, it was a hard day. Well, tomorrow I'm going to start again and all that stuff. But if you eliminate that possibility, super easy. Well, relatively. What are your
0: thought about uh, thoughts on having uh, support and accountability partners and the rest of it during th- this kind of processes?
1: Oh, I think it's I think it's a huge help. Um, we, you know when we when we personal accountability is huge, right? But when we put in these accountability devices, when we make a a public proclamation, then we're much more likely to stick to it. Unless, and here's the here's the fine print: unless you're in because you can train yourself right out of that too. If you're the type of person who every day they're making some declaration and they never stick to anything, then you just, you know, kind of cry wolf, but you can, so you can kind of overuse yourself right out of it. But if you're, if you are doing something big in your life and you plan on sticking with it, and if you say to the people closest to you, especially with regards to something like, like drinking, or but it's just as easily for exercise, right? Find like-minded people and say this is something really important to me. I know I can do it. Um, if you see me slipping, tell me. This is what this is what friends are this is what friends are for, right? Like in the in the police and fire service, we say I got your six. And that means I see your back when you can't see it and I'm protecting your back cuz you can't see that. And so when you're when you have people around you that are helping you keep you on the on the on track um, we don't, we don't want to humans in general, don't want to be embarrassed and feel shame. That's another one that goes way back to the old days where we wanted this, we had this pack mentality. So we try to avoid that on a subconscious level. So we're much more likely if you tell somebody they're going to go for a bike ride with them or run, and you say you're going to meet them at six o'clock, even if you don't feel like running, you're likely to meet them because you don't want to disappoint them. Versus if you were just by yourself, you could say like, you know what? I don't feel like running. I'm going to skip it. But when you have other people that are um, kind of in the loop with you, you're more likely to stay with it. That makes sense?
0: <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. That was, that was really powerful. Um, and Kapil is asking, do you ever think of, think of it from the perspective of advantages
1: and disadvantages when making decisions? Um. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. That's that kind of ties into, and thanks for the question. That kind of ties into the um, the future self part, right? So that's always the calculus. I think it gives you the perspective of of looking back on a decision you already made much more so than if you're at a fork in the road right now, saying, "Do I go this way or this way?" When you're when you're looking back on it, same thing. Like, I wish I wish I did this, or I wish I did that. Uh, it's easier to see it from, from the perspective of already having done it. And that's, I'm telling you that it's a very effective method. It just takes a little bit of practice and a little bit of habit of getting into it, but that those advantages and disadvantages will kind of reveal themselves to you. Obviously nobody wants to make a decision that's going to be a bad one, but I think a lot of choices will always have that kind of pro and con list, right? Just got to kind of weigh it out. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like, <clears throat> I think we talked about earlier, what are the top three that I want to go after? And you got to kind of have to weigh in the advantages and disadvantages of the, the approaches, the strategies, and be like, this is how I'm going to do it. Here are the top three that I'm going to stick to, and I'm going to try to get there regardless of what happens, then I guess.
1: Because um, the, the common problem is like, we, you know, if, if we're ambitious minded, which so many of us are, we want to do all these things. And then unfortunately, we we can only, we only have so much bandwidth, right? We can only spread ourselves so thin and still still make these things happen. So what we don't want to happen is have 20 things we want to do and have 17 failures simultaneously going on because we can't we just simply can't do everything, and then we lose motivation. So that's part of the you know, the refinement process of understanding, and this is only something we can only answer for ourselves, right? Because I, I use the SMART acronym about goals. Is it specific? Is it measurable? Is it accepted? Is it realistic and time-framed? And so the, our goals have to kind of pass those tests. And if they do, then we just have to choose what, what is our priority. And bar 40, by the way, this is not a, a once-in-a-lifetime scenario. Like I, I've been doing bar 40 for years. Every year I have different goals and they change over time. And I'm just kind of i a lifetime member, right? But for people that enjoy bar forty, they do it again the next year. There's always more goal. I, ideally, there's always more are, more goals. And what you know, people can change anytime. History is not destiny, right? And every day is that brand new blank page in our own life story. We get we get the right. The future's already written. The past's not written yet. We can always today. <laughs> listen. We're we're never gonna be as young as we are right now in this moment. That's that's the truth of it, right? No matter how old we feel and stuff like that, this this is it. We're the youngest we are ever gonna be, whether you're 18 or you're 88 right now. I love it. You're the youngest that you could ever be. It's right it now. right now, in this second, you know what I mean? And it's it, and that's kind of a it's an interesting, um it's an interesting perspective because we all <laughs> Ten years from now, we're gonna wish we were this age again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then we—that's the thing about getting uh, getting nostalgic for the good old days while they're still happening, because we all, we all, we all have that tendency to look back and be like, "Man, that was pretty good back then. Like life was life was good. I was so young. Look at those pictures. I was young. <laughs> I was so young." But we are right now. This is, we're all. We're, this is we're we're pretty young, relatively.
0: Love it. Let me ask you another question, and then we're gonna. Uh, we're kind of getting close to wrapping up um, sure. in, in the book, you talk about being the CEO of your life. Um, can you tell us what you mean by that? I mean, yeah, so, that was like a good
1: segue today. Yeah. 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 I, I love this idea. And I use it, I use it all the time too, because what I mean by that is trying to remove some of the uh, subjectivity and emotion out of, out of a lot of the ideas in Around our life, right? So, if we're the CEO of a company, we look at these different aspects, and we're able to strategically make decisions that help the overall company. And they're not always easy decisions, but it's our it's our job as CEO to make the decisions that are going to move us forward. In our own life, we have to make hard decisions sometimes, and oftentimes, and this kind of ties back into the like the have the um, the choice to stop drinking and stuff like that. So. We can call a habit or at repeated behavior in our life. Let's just call that a department we'll, or a product, a specific product. So we're the CEO of a, a, a large cookie company, right? And this one, this one brand of cookies, we well, <laughs> they, they let's call them tuna fish flavored Oreos, right? They they sold well in the '70s and '80s. They haven't been selling well now but everybody in the company has an emotional attachment to this particular type of cookies. As CEO, it's not about emotional sentimentality. We've got to eliminate that cookie. It's not profitable. It's a drag on the business. Cut it loose. Get, Get rid of, of it. it. Same thing is when we're CEO of our own life, we look at habits or we look at, sometimes, unfortunately, it's the people in our life. It's old friends that we really don't don't fit into our life that much anymore, but we tend to talk to them out of habit. Maybe they are just bad people. Maybe they light cats on fire. Maybe they just drag us down and, and we have to make strategic decisions that are sometimes difficult. But when we look at it from the CEO perspective, um, we realize that's our responsibility to our own life.
0: Love it. Love it. Being the CEO of your life, like getting a handle on it, manage it, drive it, making decisions
1: and make, make hard, make hard decisions. Like when I, like my goal for this year, I run the year. So I run 2021 miles at least this year. And a lot of times I don't feel like running. I don't care what I feel like though, because this is getting done. This objective is getting done. So it's not what I, it's not what I want to do or I don't want to do. It's what needs to be done this week for, for miles. And it's a hard, it's a hard line approach we can take. But it, it it develops that burn the boats mentality where we these things are not up for uh, optional consideration. It needs to get done. It just gets done. That's that hard CEO line. You can be like you can be a really tough CEO that you wouldn't necessarily want to work for. But it's your own life. You gotta you gotta make the right decisions. Nobody else can do it for you. And that's the thing that a lot of people forget. You know we we don't we can't wait for other people to make the decisions for us in our own life we have to take ownership and get the results we want because if we're waiting for somebody else to do it
0: that may or may not ever happen
1: got it got it got
0: it perfect um eric could you tell us about your gift the amazing
1: gift that you're sharing with with us well i would i would love to uh welcome Um, some of your listeners and your viewers for a um, free 30 minute uh, bar 40 coaching consultation. Uh, Whoever would like to uh, participate in that, we can do the first uh, first five people to uh, kind of sign up and submit. And that will be uh, my gift to your, uh, your audience.
0: Amazing gang. So gang, the first 10 people that uh,
1: visit the page,
0: bar 40book.com forward slash media could you get access to a complimentary 30 minute bar 40 uh, coaching session to set up your goals get some feedback on what needs to be done and tap into Eric's
1: wisdom we'll give, uh, we'll, give we'll get you on the right path we'll set up a, a custom program to uh, get you moving in the next uh, next upcoming weeks for sure love it love it love it and, and you know gang as you, if you're watching or listening,
0: with all the madness that's been going on with COVID, getting help while we're all, all like kind of forced to stay at home makes a massive difference. So if setting personal goals, your health goals, and the rest of it is a priority and it's it's it is on your radar as we're getting close to the new year, definitely reach out, have a conversation with Eric and see how they can help you.
1: Yeah, so and one Eric, time- Yep. Well, real quick, dude, bar40.org is an easier way to to uh, book a book a session than the uh, than the bar40 book site. The bar40.org goes right to uh, you can you can book sessions right there.
0: Love it. Eric, uh, I know we're kind of out of time. Can I ask you some personal questions real quick? Of course. Beauty, what's a new thing you've tried recently?
1: A new thing I've tried recently. Yeah. So, I recently I wanted to um, Get back in the habit of doing push-ups. Push-ups. Okay. So I set my alarm on my phone for the start of every hour. So every hour, 10 a.m., 11 a.m., noon, I would get down and do 30 push-ups for 10 hours a day. So every day, I was getting 300 uh, additional push-ups in. That's probably the most recent thing I did to create the habit of of doing uh, more push-ups. And, Love it. Yeah, that's been. Uh, that's been super helpful.
0: So one thing that I haven't tried, but I've seen it and I'm going to try soon is that if you do the Wim Hof breathing.
1: Okay. Currently, you
0: could do much more push-ups that you are used to. Okay. i, I, I to I, give that a try.
1: I would love to try that.
0: <laughs> like I watched somebody on, on video. They did like 60 or 70 push-ups. Okay. And they're like, I have never, ever done that many push-ups on my like first try.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna try it, man. Yeah, man. I love it. I love uh, ideas for improvement.
0: Love it. What are your top favorite two or three books that made a massive difference in your life or business?
1: Oh man! So I'll give you. I'll give you um, one old one that some people might have already read, but it's uh, it's tried and true. It's Dale Carnegie, "How to How to Win Friends and Influence People." I think yeah. it's a fantastic book for life and for business. There's a a book that I that I really think everybody would benefit from. It's called The Way of the Seal by um, Mark Divine. He's a former Navy SEAL trainer, and he does um, he does amazing programs for that. And man, it's a, that's a hard one. There's a new book that I'm reading right now, and it's called uh, Think Again, which is a uh, a really neat book about how we. How we can get out of the um, kind of fixed mindset and rethink ideas that we uh, that we believe that aren't that aren't necessarily accurate or correct, and retrain our brain to consider new information and overwrite the old stuff.
0: Love it, love it, love it, love it! Amazing. What's one advice that made a massive change or difference in your life?
1: Um, one piece of advice. Let's see. That's a that's a good one. Um, Let me, let me, you got any more I was gonna say let me come back to that one in yeah, a minute sure if you had a Facebook
0: or a Google ad or everyone <laughs> on on internet could see your
1: message yeah. what would your message for people of Earth be I would say um, that this is not a rehearsal the cameras are rolling we've only got one chance at this life make make every day really matter love it Love it. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self? (laughs) I I would give my 20-year-old self the advice to start having conversations with your 40-year-old self.
0: Conversations with your... Older self. Older self. Love it. Eric, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. I really feel like we could go on forever
1: i know i feel like we talk we can talk for five hours if uh yeah man like
0: (laughs) I, i love mindset i love goal setting i like chasing dreams i like visioning envisioning future present self and it's like you're like speaking my language is there anything that you'd like to add before we wrap up
1: no, I would just say if anybody if anybody enjoyed what they're hearing wants to learn more just you know go to bar40.org you can sign up for the bar40 newsletter that comes out um, every couple months it's uh, follow bar40 on LinkedIn there's always uh, new posts and um, I write I write a column for a local news company here in in the in Pennsylvania that uh, I repost those pol- those columns on the bar40 website under bar talk so there's all sorts of bar40 um, content about living your best days ever and uh, just health and wellness and everything is almost instantly usable in all of our lives to, um, to just try to get to that, that best version of herself that we're all, that we're all chasing.
0: Love it. That is amazing. Gang, go uh, to uh, bar 40 book.com forward slash media to get access to your complimentary coaching session available to the first 10 listeners that respond. You could go to bar 40.org to book a session with uh, eric as well eric thank you very much i really appreciate it this was a great conversation and again uh, if you're watching or listening please make sure to like and subscribe to the show on whichever channel you're watching if you have any questions post them as a comment make sure to tag your friends and follow the show as we're going to see you next week also the confidence giveaway is coming up during the week of uh, november 15 to 21st Uh, You have access to a list of um, uh, gifts that help you boost your confidence in different areas of your business. That's coming up, and I'm very excited about it. And that's it for me. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Mustafa Hassani, your host at Daily Conference for Entrepreneurs. Thank you, Eric.
1: Thank you, Mustafa. That was awesome, man. Good times.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. See you guys next week. Bye-bye.